Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit burningdogradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. We're in the book of Acts today, chapter 13. Book of Acts, chapter 13. Let's begin now in verse 1 reading, Now in the assembly that was at Antioch, there were some prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, the foster brother of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now picking up here in verse 1 of chapter 13, we're coming off of chapter 12, where we begin now to see the early persecutions and trials of the church in the book of Acts. But despite all of these trials, despite all of the difficulties, in uh, equal par, if you will, God was stepping up to do great miraculous and powerful events in their midst to match the persecution that they were going through. It seems that's the way God works. And God's going to continue to work with Paul, with Peter, with the apostles here as the early churches spread across uh, the Middle East here in the book of Acts. Like any maturing fellowship of believers, this early church had now birthed its first leadership. Now, I read nothing hearing about elections or seminaries. No, it was simply the observation and the acknowledgement of the gifting of God upon the lives of certain individuals. Our history records the names of the early church servants for the permanent word of God. Barnabas, who we already know, and Simeon, who the scripture says was called Niger. Now, Niger is Latin meaning black, leading many to believe that he was a black man, African descent, and Bible scholars believe that he was also the same Simeon that carried the cross of Christ to Golgotha. Our text also tells us about Lucius of Cyrene and Manian. Now, Manian was of the family of Herod. Manian was probably a foster brother of Herod and was brought up in royalty in the court of the ruler. Now, these may be to you just historical tidbits. However, they give evidence just how far-reaching the gospel had already become this early in the book of Acts. And then finally in this verse, there was Saul, or Paul as he eventually was known. This was a man who, like Moses before him, had rejected the comforts and the cloud of position in the world in exchange for the persecution and the battles of the walk of faith. God had these different gifted individuals fill the specific needs of the church. Yet together they were a body, each fulfilling their specific place, their specific need within that body. And together, well, together they changed the world. Now we need to note that God chose Antioch to move the gospel out to the world, not Jerusalem as you might typically think. That was because those in Jerusalem, well, they were still too narrow-minded, too traditional to successfully reach out to the broad masses that were all seeking salvation. Their exclusive mindset 
would have hampered the spread of the good news. So God, well, he bypassed the Jerusalem church and raised up another who would not flinch from the task ahead. Verse 2. As they served the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate Barnabas and Saul for me, for the work to which I have called them. Now these servants, they stepped up to the plate in their calling from God. They not only ministered for the Lord, but by doing so they ministered to the Lord. After all, minister, quote-unquote, in its simplest terms, it means to serve And in answering that call, God chose them for a work that had been laid out just for them. Now, some today want to doubt or even criticize this literal calling of God. But, you know, they wouldn't be able to convince Barnabas or Paul of such a position. Now, these two were specifically given a mission from God, engineered for them, as Isaiah 51, 16 says, Quote, that they may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth, end quote. Now these servants of God and the church, well, they fasted. Fasting is, is simply the denial of the legitimate claims of the body so as to give oneself more undistractedly to spiritual exercises. Now proper fasting is not to in any way to change the mind of God. But it actually is rather to change the heart and the mind of the individual doing the fasting. Psalms 35, 13 says, I afflicted my soul with fasting. My prayer returned unto my own bosom. And then Psalm 69, 10 says, When I wept and I fasted, that was to my reproach. Verse 3 of our text says, Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Now, these men were not alone in their pursuits. I think that's critical for us to understand. The whole church body was behind these guys, behind the specific calling of every one of them, and therefore they also stepped up to assist them and to back them. They, they fasted and they prayed and they subsequently sent them out to do what they'd been called to do. Because you see, they were all in this together. So finally, the believers, those who were backing these guys, they, quote, laid hands, end quote, on them. Now, this isn't to pass on some sort of cosmic empowerment, but rather to acknowledge that they, the church, were identifying and affirming the mission that God had called these men to do. Now here we have a clear presentation of the body of Christ in action and the importance of the local church. When we are without such, we simply stand alone to face the music. One can naturally and immediately knee-jerk to such a statement with a resounding cry in mass, but all we need is God. <laughs> Well, of course, that premise is is absolutely true in its rawest form. However, gang, to someone somehow to believe that we can stand apart from others, that we can somehow minister to men without participating with men, well, it's naive at best and a prideful suicide at worst. Now, I do not doubt that God's ability to communicate with men 
No, but I do have grave misgivings about man's faithfulness to listen and hear God's specific directions. For the reality is today that we so often shut our ears to that still small voice. That voice that tells us that we're being stupid or some such. But you know, it's a lot harder to block out the shouts of a faithful friend telling you the same, isn't it? So to deny the calling in the place of the corporate church, to deny its unity of purpose, is to arrogantly deny the whole book of Acts. And actually, the vast remainder of the book that we call the Holy Bible. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.